Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What is up? We are back on NBS Fitness Radio, and I am here with Chris Hoppy. Chris is a trainer here at NBS Fitness, uh, also um, a longtime lifter himself, uh, played college football, was a uh, pretty competitive CrossFit athlete as, as well for a while. And today, our topic is strength. So, Chris, start us off and give us what your definition of strength is. It was, I knew you were going to ask this right off. So I was, I was doing a little research, and I was trying to think of what I think strength is. And, and the best I could come up with was the body's ability to overcome resistance. Ooh. Yeah, I, I loved that. I thought that was is right that, on the money. Is that, a, is that the standard? No, I came up with it. There's a couple others. I thought the quality or state of being physically strong, which I thought was kind of craptacular. Um, but then uh, the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. I like that one too, but yeah. I feel like the first one, the body's ability to overcome resistance. Yeah. That just kind of, it allows it to be many things. Yes. Because I think strength is is great when we talk about like objective strength, like strongman, like yeah. your ability, a, a mass, an object or a person, ability to move something else. Like yeah. that's awesome. But strength also has this other polar side, which to me is like mental strength yeah. or like, just the ability to, to kind of grab the grit. You know, yeah, I think yeah. there's a, there's a wide spectrum of strength that I think is what makes strength so cool. Yeah. That a definition apply is helpful because it not only applies to the physical aspect or the physical definition, but then also has carryovers to the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, social, all those types of things. So, yeah. And, and it actually brought up another question that I asked myself as I was kind of okay. like just prepping, which was, are physical and mental emotional strength synonymous? Meaning, if you possess one, do you then increase all? Which I felt like was cool because I, I was thinking about it like, man, if I'm working toward uh, you know something simple like a 500 pound back squat, the work that that's going to take is going to require a substantial amount of mental emotional strength. Yeah. To get the physical strength. Yeah. You know, and the opposite is also true. Meaning that if I have a strong you know, anything, you know, working on strength is going to improve mental and physical and emotional strength, you know? So I was like, are they all related? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I a thousand percent think that they're all related. Yeah. I don't think that they're all on equal terms, meaning, um, there are people I know who, or, or have read about or whatever. I feel like, man, this person has an incredible level of like mental and emotional strength, but may not possess what we would probably consider a, a acceptable level of physical strength. That's fair. And there yeah. are also people I, I know who have a, or know about, who have a very high level of physical strength that then lack a significant level of emotional and mental strength. I got you. So, but I do think the, the awareness of that, yeah, and the carryover, you you can then apply those to each. In other words, if you are one of the best ways to kind of build mental emotional strength is through doing physically difficult things. Yep, you know, uh, and doing physically difficult things and and ha and um, experiencing that will 
you can you can use that and apply it and have it carry over to things outside of just the physical domain and it and actually develop those levels of strength as well. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that is for me something I've grabbed on to early on just with sports and anything else was I needed something tangible that I could work on that also benefited other things because it wasn't natural for me to work on mental strength. Yeah. When I was younger when I was a kid, you know, and it, and it wasn't, and it was something I was lacking for, for sure. And the, you know, for me, the initial piece was karate, mm-hmm. you know, and karate allowed me, it really was the first experience when I was like eight or eight years old to show me discipline and the discipline that I had with the physical practice all of a sudden led to, you know, I was confident in yeah. school now. And then I started to play sports and then it kind of transferred to that. And it was like, oh, I worked really hard at practice today. And then I go home and it would be like, all right, I can work really hard at homework now. Yeah. And it kind of conveyed to that. And then it was like, oh, like I can do this stuff that I'm doing on the football field in the weight room and that and apply it to work relationships, you know, something like that. I'm working on something in my marriage, man, I'm going to, if I'm not working on my marriage as hard as I am, my strength program, something's wrong, Yeah, you know? And it's like, man, if I can do that on both aspects, if I'm struggling with something emotionally, I can take it to the gym and figure it out there and take those lessons and apply them back to what I'm working on at home with all the relationships and and relationship with anything generally in my life. You know, that's I think that's why I felt I've just stayed in love with the aspect of physical training for that, the reason you just outlined. Yeah. I mean, you you and I have like super similar stories and, um, and, and in those stories is a, is having found the weight room at a, or, or, or found some type of physical challenge at a right in a, in a key point of development, right in those kind of pubescent teenage years, and like had that really um, have an impact on us, and and then carry that on kind of throughout our lives, and um, which makes me kind of think back to like. Uh, Angie and I were talking about this, of, of, you know, the, the effect of childhood obesity. And I was just, I was like, man, like the problem is, is like, if you're obese as a teenager or as a kid, like you are set up for failure the rest of your life. It's not that it can't be overcome. It just is way harder for a million reasons. If that is, if, if it's, if that's, um, if you become obese at that age, versus like at 30, 40 or what, whatnot. I I totally agree. You, you're essentially, you don't know what's possible. And I think as a, as a kid and as somebody that's developing, especially in those pubescent years and adolescence, I needed to know that struggle is normal. You can get through it. Yeah. And with the people around you are going to help you. And that was what was so important about team was understanding that, Hey, I can't do this by myself. And I had my coaches, my parents, you know, I had that team of, uh, you know, when coaches and parents weren't around, I had my peers. And, and if I hadn't been in that situation, I couldn't imagine starting my adult life and then starting that journey. So I feel that, you know, I have such great respect for human beings that come into the the fitness realm later in life and are like, Hey, I'm going to make a change and and actually do it because they're not just taking it from zero and moving the needle forward. They're just getting, they have to get the needle back to zero first. So it's like, it's like, I feel like I had a jump start because I had experienced that at a young age, but yeah, I mean, I can't even fathom that as being an adult going into this journey 
having to move the needle to zero to start yeah. and then move forward. I mean, that's just, it's a, it's such a feat, you know? Yeah. During your teenage years is when you're really kind of like developing your identity Yeah, as an individual. <clears throat> so if you kind of look at like human psychological development, um, you like kind of, you're, you're developing your individual identity and kind of your role in society as well. Yeah. And, um, and looking back, I'm like, man, I can see how, how th- uh, that was so solidified through being in the gym, through being on sports teams, through doing physically challenging things, getting through them, and um, and having that kind of development of strength, um, and how it just kind of carried over through each other level of my life. Oh, yeah. You know? it, yeah, uh, and I think an element of that, too, is it, it taught me how to fail. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that's overlooked by so many is as you grow up as a human being, if you've never learned that failure is a part of success, yeah. you know, we don't live there, but you know, I got to where I'm at because I failed and I learned from other people around me to pick me up and, and walk forward and try new things and go in that direction. Yeah. If I didn't learn that by that, man, that's brutal. You know? Yeah. The statement I've always made is like, you don't learn anything from a lift you make. Exactly. Just you, learn you can do it. A hundred percent. Cool. <laughs> you know, like, but you haven't in the lift that you you make there's there's usually not any catastrophic technique breakdowns not any catastrophic mental breakdowns there's no learning points from that so if you're always having success then you're never actually you're never pushing the limits um to where you should be and 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 experiencing failure so that you then can experience growth and 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 development from that failure yeah and um yeah being in the so i <laughs> Just like funny, funny stories of failure. I remember um, two times failing on bench press, <laughs> and one time I was in my uh, in our at our at our house. We had like a little like Walmart you know gym. Yeah, and I uh, was benching, and then it just got stuck like midway through, and I ended up bringing it back onto my chin. <laughs> I was like trying to scream, "Mom!" Oh, to dude. come help me, like. Like get it off of my off my chin. So yeah. luckily that for whatever reason I hadn't like screwed the collars on because yeah. you had like the standard yeah 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 uh, you know uh, bars and just on either side yeah and then my mom comes coming up and she's like oh my god what happened because he hears yeah and um and then another time I was at a commercial gym and was benching and got stuck and like got it stuck on my chest and there was a female weight room attendant and I was like hey can you help me. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny like when i tell that people that's those stories to people um yeah. you know you kind of people kind of think like like you've been doing this for two and a half decades like you've always been strong and i was like no i've definitely like no had to get girls to pick the bar up off my chest before oh for sure no it, it, our, our stories yet again are are way too familiar i've had the same mom freak out basement lifting <laughs> moment i was at yeah bench pressing stuck you know yelling for mom and, you know, those are the times when th- those are cemented in. Like, I'll never forget those times yeah. when I'm, I'm learning what strength mm-hmm. is. And I've, uh, to your point, I've learned so much more for things that I haven't been able to do. Yeah. Because then, then I grow, then I, I learn about adversity and things like that. And I'm almost chasing that line of what I can and can't do in everything. Yeah. Because I know that just on the other side of that, that back squat that I didn't get or that front squat is a whole lot that I don't even know. Yeah. And that's where the magic happens is on the other side of that failure and that's where i get to play in the weight room and then that confidence 
takes into everything else. And I'm like, ooh, this relationship, I'm right on the edge of something great. Yeah. I need to keep working at it. I'm so close, you know? And it's like, that's just, it's priceless to me, yeah. you know? Which I think is really the, 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 at the core of being strong. I also think there's a degree of um, the, what you find out is that the, the benefit and the beauty is in the pursuit, not necessarily the end destination because um, you, once you hit that thing that you've been chasing, it instantly becomes like uh, the door is now open to the new possibilities. So the first time you hit, 225 on a bench press you're like oh my gosh i did two plates yeah you go i think i could do 245 and you start pursuing that and then then it's like okay now i'm gonna do 315 and you just can continue to kind of pursue that and there's a i mean obviously that's uh there's at some point it cannot continue to increase but it's uh you find pleasure and growth in in pursuing it getting there, failing along the way, having that moment, you're like, yes, I finally did this tag. I think I've been trying to do this forever. Yeah. Um, and you, and you're like, man, that was, that was such a great feeling of accomplishment and growth. I want, I want some more of it. Yeah. Now what's that next thing I'm going to go try to do, exactly. you know? Yeah. And I think that's the, uh, if you, if you're not used to that way of being or life or weight room experience or anything, you kind of have this, it, it seems kind of crazy. Like they're kind of like, I won't lose 10 pounds and then I'll just be happy. And you're like, that's not the way this works. There's yeah, this isn't a nine week program. And then cruise control. Yeah. This is the rest of our lives. Yeah. Like, I'll never, I'll never not do this Yeah, because it's become who I am and what I do. And, uh, while I may not be able to hit the same weights all the time, I'll always be pursuing some type of growth. Oh yeah. Forever. It's multidimensional. Yeah. And I think that's, to your point, that's the door that gets cracked open when you start training. Yeah. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest barriers for a lot of people is they think it's like, oh, I got to come in and do the traditional weight training thing. And it's it's not that. And yep. that's why it's such a huge barrier for so many people is they think it's just this thing. Yep. And it's this segmented part of their life. It's something that's separate. Like, yep. I'm going to go to the gym and train there. Yep. And I think that's such a miss yep. when people do that. Like, oh, man, I'm just going to go do my time. I'm going to, you know, get in there and do, you know, just put in my time on the treadmill and then call it a day. And it's like, man, like you're missing out on so many things that that can be. It's, it's an hour of practice, yep. you know, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual practice that you get to have in there. And if you become aware of that as you're going through it, then it can, it's, it's limitless. You know, that's also, I think why so many people are so wanting to discard it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you know, they'll they'll say, Oh, my schedule is kind of crazy. I'm just gonna have to stop training for a little, or, you know, I had a different bill or I got, I got to save some money or da, 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 da. And I like, I'm like, I will sell my truck. I will sell my house. I will take on as many side projects as I absolutely need. I'll cancel my my cable, I'll eat tuna fish yeah. and rice cakes. I will do whatever necessary to maintain this physical pursuit because I know it is a foundation for everything else that I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, it's worth sacrificing everything. Absolutely. Everything material. Yeah, no, you know absolutely. I mean? Because without it, 
all that stuff goes away yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, and that's what I've found. And, and I love how you used foundation. And I think touching on another thing you said, which was the falling in love with the journey. Yeah. And it, it is falling in love with that process of it and understanding that it is a fundamental core yeah. of who we've become yeah. as human beings. And, and that is why it's so easy for people to say, ah, oh, you know, yeah. that's it. Cause they don't understand that it is deeper. You know, strength is, uh, like we said earlier, like the, what is the, the, the kind of Webster's definition, the quality or state of being physically strong, like, Oh, I want to be strong. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like, great. There's a million people that are strong, but when you come in and you can, you can really take it on that, uh, understanding of being a journey, yeah. then it becomes something that you can't sacrifice. Yeah. It's become something that's a part of your being and it's just the way you interact with the world. Yeah. And that the way you, the, the curiosity that you attack, you know, your training session with is also what you attack everything else with. Yeah. And that's, that's power. That's cool. Yeah. When we did our, our rock the other day, I was talking to Jennifer and, I, and she said like something like, wow, why, why you do these crazy things or something like that? I mean, yeah. she knows, but she was like trying to just like ask me the question. And I was like thinking about it. And I said, I, I don't want to be the type of man who's incapable un, or unwilling to do hard things. Yeah. Um, and that would be completely unacceptable to me. So like, by definition, for me to succeed in life, it, does, it has nothing to do with the amount of money in my checkbook. It has nothing to do with the amount of things that I have. It is my ability to um, go through life with the proper framework, mindset, emotion, um, and physical ability. Because I know that hard things aren't something that I get to choose. I'm going to... Hard things are going to happen whether I choose them or not. Yeah. So I have to be willing to face them, um, face them, be, and be willing to go through them. And again, that's kind of where the physical uh, aspect of it is 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 a foundation that will that I can never give up. So it's not something I can ever trade in for anything. Everything is worth trading in for that. Sure. And I think that's where. If you if you haven't gotten to that point yet, you don't understand. Yeah, and you can't like, like I was like, and it sounds crazy to you if you're like not sell my house. Like, I'd sure. live in a, I'd live, put my entire family in a one bed bedroom apartment if it meant that we as a family were going to live physically fit lives or, yeah. or, or necessary to afford to to live physically fit. Fit lives. Yeah. I don't give a shit about my house. At yeah. some point I'm going to face something hard and a big house isn't going to help me get through that. No, not, <laughs> not, in, not in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, like the, the way I think about it is the reason that I love doing these hard things is that my physical body is really, and, and my mental aspect of it even more so is one of the only things I can control. Yeah. I, it's the only thing I have control over is my, my body and my mind. And, and at some point my body might go yeah. and it's just going to be my mind. Yeah. And if I don't take advantage of that, you know, for, for me as a human being, I want to be able to be who I am at any point, anywhere in, in society and in life, no yeah. matter where I'm at, no matter what size house I'm in, no matter yeah. what car I'm in, no matter what relationship I'm in, no matter where I'm at, I'm the same human being. Yeah. I live by the same values. I do the same things at the same time. And that's, and that's what the, those hard things allow me to do is to kind of sharpen the spear. Yeah. It's like, man, like this may not be around all the time and I'm going to hit stuff that's going to knock me on my ass. Yeah. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, I mean, look at the coronavirus yeah. the last two years, nobody could have predicted that this was going to happen, but the people that are moving through it, the 
best are people that have practiced hard things because this is just another hard thing. It's the same person. It's, it's Tuesday. Is it, is it tragic? Yeah, it is. But tragedies happen all the time. And if I'm not polishing that stone, you know, sharpening that spear, working on that constantly, those things are going to tag me and set me back versus these things. They tag me, they still hit me, they hit me hard and it's emotional and it sucks, but I have this buffer where I don't fall back below zero. Yeah. I just get knocked back a little bit on my heels and, but I have the community around me. I have the strength foundation in every aspect of my life to continue to march forward and learn and grow from that. Just like I would any other piece of my training, Yeah, you know, so it's not a question for me of like why I do these, these hard things. For me, it's more of a question looking out of, you should do these hard things with me. Yeah, yeah. And I want to bring you along. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going to, I'm not doing these hard things to get ahead of people. Yeah. I'm doing these hard things to turn around and reach my hand down and bring you up with me. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I want more people doing this with me because when push comes to shove and the shit hits the fan, I want an army of people that are, you know, marching in the same direction as I am where I can lean on because they're going to be leaning on me too. Yeah. A thousand percent. You, you brought up a good, a good uh, point about focusing on what you have control over. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think there's a bit of um, culturally we've kind of um, elevated victimhood mm. and we just tend to kind of focus and, and uh, on the, all the things outside of our control. And it just takes so much of your brain space, so much, so much of your, your energy and your resources. Um, when in reality, it's like, you can do nothing about that. <laughs> you no, know, it's very kinda, little. Uh, and so, uh, one of the, one of the things about getting in the gym or doing the physically hard things is you recognize, like, I can control this. And so when that thing does happen, I'm not going to be, I'm not, my resources aren't going to be drained from, um, focusing on those things outside of my control. I recognize like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> like with the coronavirus, like, like you said, yeah. I recognize, well, this is bad. Yeah. And the government's shutting my business down. This is bad. I recognize all that, but yeah. I, I can either spend time, I can either spend my resources on something I have no control over, which is what the government mandates, yep. or I can spend my resources on th- focusing what is in my control. And I think that's a big benefit of like, Doing these things is you recognize, oh, I need to stay within my circle of control and just spend spend my energy there. Yep. And then I can t- help this other person who's like freaking out. And they're like, why aren't you freaking out? It's like, that's outside my control. Yep. Why don't you come do this thing with me? And you'll realize the power of focusing on things within your control. Yep. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's super powerful for, for other people. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into a little bit um, more objective stuff. All right. So let's talk about like what standards of strength are. Okay. All right. Lead the way. Lead. I want to okay. I, I follow you here. I want to okay. see where you're going with it. So um, there's, uh, we kind of have like the, the 10 basic movements, right? Yep. So hinge, squat, horizontal pull, vertical pull, horizontal press, vertical press, single leg, Run, jump, throw, carry. Yep. Cool. And I think within each one, there's a kind of like foundational human movements, right? Yep. And I think within each of those, I, I like to give people, an like we said, a, an objective kind of goal to shoot for. Sure. For two reasons. One, it's measurable. We can see where you are and if you're making progress. Um, uh, 
And two, it sets a standard to shoot for that keeps you from spinning your wheels. Yeah. I think there's a there's a big issue with the promotion of exercise versus training. And the way I define that is this. Um, things within your capacities is just activity. So walking is well within my capacity. I like walking a mile. Sure. Well within our capacity, right? Yep. That is not exercise at all. No. And it's not exercise for most people. If walking is exercise for you, you are very out of shape. And I'm glad you're doing this, but this is not the, I'm glad you're walking, but this is the starting point, not an end, end point, right? Yeah. Um, and so exercise are things within your, or that push the, uh, the limits of your capacities. And then training is planned and organized and purposeful exercise designed to improve specific capacities to the specific degrees over specific time frames, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people exercise and go, I'm fit or I'm healthy. And to which my point would be like, you are exercising and there are probably certain capacities that are at an, uh, an appropriate level, but all the other ones are not. Yeah. And there was a big, I think, this has been kind of a year and a half of like people throwing a lot around a lot of definitions of health. Yeah. And people are like, they were healthy. I'm like, they weren't healthy. Yeah. yeah. Just because they weren't at the extreme ends of a particular marker of ill health does not mean that they were healthy. And strength is a capacity. Uh, and then there's going to be levels of strength that are appropriate in which you could say, I am fit. Right. So, uh, so, so to give an example, if we use the hinge, for example, I would say that any grown male under the age of 60 should be able to deadlift at minimum their body weight, yep. probably one and a half times their body weight, and ideally double their body weight. I can agree with that. Above 60, that probably falls down a little bit. Sure. You know, to one and a half, back to one, maybe a 70 plus. If you can deadlift your body weight, you're doing good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, body um, weight minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Body weight minimum. Yeah. Even for, at forever. 70, forever. 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 You yeah. should never, like, uh, it shouldn't, you should be able to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, within reason. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, barring significant physical, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. You should have the ability to apply force to be able to pull your body weight off the ground. Yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah. And like I, I could put in a in a post the other day that like anyone at any age beyond five should be able to run a mile. Yeah. And that was kind of going back to like the um, actual standards of fitness and people are like I walk every day. Like, right. I, like, like that's great. Ray, Still raise, not a, raise the bar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can you run a mile? No. Then that's then you're not an acceptable level of fitness. You have to go up. But yeah. I'm 90 years old. I understand. Yeah. You were born with the ability to run. Yep. You should die with the ability to run. <laughs> For sure. And a mile is a really easy kind of marker that's not pushing these crazy limits. You can run the 12-minute mile and still run. Sure. <laughs> you Yo, know? Yeah, yeah. It's totally totally achievable. Yeah. yeah. So so then my like that would be one objective standard I got you. of a body weight to two times body weight deadlift. Now that going beyond sense. two times body weight deadlift, that's a that's yeah. Can be difficult and usually requires 
some sacrifice sports, in other levels. Sports yeah. specific. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally I totally agree. I think when I'm thinking about like objective measures of strength, I think about the other side as far as pushing. Like I think the push up mm-hmm. is a significant measure. I yeah. mean, it from like we're talking about if we talk at the end of the spectrum, you know, end of life, you know, it, regardless of age, being able to push yourself off the floor, yeah, get, getting up off the ground, yeah, which actually ties into kind of two movements, which would be the squat, yeah, and the push up, yeah, yeah, you know, the push up to get into the squat and the squat to be able to stand up, yeah, yeah. you know, I think I think those being able to measure those in a, in a way which would be more of a like a volume piece, yeah, yeah. you know, and a range of motion, yeah, I think it's the other thing that strength really helps too is the range of motion about a joint, yeah, yes. is being able to do a back squat enables me to get up off my bed, yeah, yeah. you know, get up off the toilet, you know, things like that when I'm, when I'm older and people don't really think about that. They're like, ah, you know, I don't need, why am I squatting? You know, it's like, man, like, why are you not, <laughs> you know, this, this is the question. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see what happens when you can squat. It, yeah. Uh, it gets real. You're stuck a lot of places. <laughs> a lot of, right. A, a lot of places. <laughs> you're going to be stuck a lot for sure. Yeah. I think those, um, the the push up and the squat, like you said, very much represent your ability to um, move your body. Yeah, and the deadlift's a great way of kind of uh, is a very basic pick something up off the ground. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and so that pick something up off the ground, a good standard is um, like a more of a um, single rep heavy kind of. Hey, you got to be able to pick this thing up. Well, yeah, one versus time. Uh, the squat and the push up would be more. Uh, repetitive volume can you exactly. do this over and over and over again <clears throat> yeah yeah no, yeah i totally agree and almost so it would be the ability to do it through the full range of motion yeah and then pain-free absolutely yeah, yeah. i totally agree how like okay then what would you say would be a good standard for volume between those and now i'll throw out one for myself and yeah. you can see what you think yeah i've always kind of said that the uh that a good standard for push-ups would be whatever the army physical fitness challenge was. Sure. Because it goes out over like all the way up to like 80 years old. Yeah. And basically it's like, do you have the standard for, do you have this basic standard of fitness to be able to defend the rights that you uh, are granted through this country? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, barring any type of severe physical um, disformity or injury or whatever. Yeah. Any this should be expected of anybody at yeah. any age, and we can measure it. And so there's a the old army PT test was like it was like 42 push-ups. Uh, it sounds right, yeah. Up to like maybe 30 years old, and it kind of like went starts to decrease decrease a little bit, but still yeah. it was like 20 something sure. for like 60 plus year olds. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a I'll actually look it up, but now it's a um, it's just a standard across the board for combat. So there's yeah. a combat. Readiness, readiness test. yeah, test, yeah. Um, and I think, like, volume-wise, I would match the air squat with it. Yeah. You know, 100%. Like, I mean, you should be able to do, you know, 40, 50, easy, yeah. up to 30, 40 years old, you know, and in a certain time domain. You know, yeah. I think that pulls in a level of, of not only just strength, but fitness required is, is like, hey, can I stand up, sit down, you know, you know 40, 50 times in a row, it, with a good range of motion, you know, that I think is a huge cursor yeah. for strength, you know, moving forward, no, without question. So the army readiness test for what they call heavy jobs. Okay. Which would be physically fit jobs. Yeah. Um, the minimum requirement is 30 push-ups, hand 30. release push-ups. Hand release. So okay. Yeah. Now 
hands up. At least hands off the ground. Press up. It just seems like completely reasonable. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. No question. And, and, and something I would say that, again, anyone should be able to do probably to at least 60. Maybe some, I mean, definitely some people could do it beyond 60, sure. 80. 20 is probably a good number to shoot yeah, for, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, for sure. Those are, um, yeah, I mean, those, and those are reasonable, but I mean, and that's a reasonable day in the life yeah. of a human being yeah. is being able to stand up and sit down 20 times yeah. with your own body weight, yeah. you know, cause who knows what you got going on. You may be holding something. Yeah. You may be, you know, you may be standing up with something, you know, moving from a deadlift into a squat, you know, yeah. into a clean, you know, something like that. Like there's a, a million applications yeah. in that day to day life, but I would say like standard wise, the 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 push up and the squat matching the readiness test would be a, a phenomenal number. Yeah, you know, um, another one I'm thinking about too, especially thinking about the readiness test, is, is ability to carry. Yeah, I think that's a huge one, and we've talked about it before. You know, being the only what what mammal that has the ability to carry um, loads loads for, for a significant, a, for a significant long yeah. distance. You know, I think that's our responsibility to yeah. keep that up and it's, is why we thrive, have thrived in our evolution is, is due to part of that. And I think the, the aspect of not only rucking, but like a, a simple farmer's carry yeah. or even a, a body drag, you yeah. know, a dead, dead weight moving something um, is, is extremely critical. And as far as a standard, I, where would you drift with the standard? I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm trying to think like you should probably be able to body drag like a hundred and fifty to two hundred pound person. Yeah, fifty to a hundred yards. I would say. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that's a, enough distance to get them ideally out of any like danger. danger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a and that's a that's a tough one. That's hard. You know? not, yeah, that, that is not easy. Yeah, that is that is something that takes a lot of specific training to do. But again, kind of works on the range of motion, the pull of the deadlift, uh, you know, all the same stuff, you know, yeah. applies to that, which I think is, is critical, you know, yeah. which makes that that test of strength so vital is being able to do something like that. You know? Yeah, I think the I'm trying to think for a carry. Oh, probably close to like either. Probably same thing, like your body weight divided between each hand for fifty to hundred yards without dropping it. Ooh. That maybe pushing it a little yeah, bit. Maybe it's say, like that's a half, high standard. half of your body. A little, little heavy right now, David. That's a little rough. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say like 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 I would say for a general standard, I would say half. Hey, like half fifty percent your body weight split up. Yeah, you yeah. know, and being able to carry that for fifty to hundred yards. Yeah, because I've fifty five pounds i think for me for yeah for which that is, seems for a long for the yeah. uh, like a football field yeah yeah, yeah. like okay that's a like, long carry that's a long carry you know yeah. and i would say maybe like if we were doing a drag it would be more close closer to body weight you know yeah. something like that yeah you should probably be able to drag your own yourself because that, that would be yeah if you're a smaller person yeah you're not gonna be able to drag we're, <laughs> we're drifting into a little more of the relative strength yeah, yeah, here yeah. you know which yeah. which is great unless you got like you know the superhuman mom strength which yeah, is yeah. which is different which you know okay. which we which we all know yeah. um but uh yeah no like i absolutely think like the relative strength being able to drag your own body weight and being able to carry you know at least you know half of your body weight in your hands moving for 100 yards is vital yeah you know and like um <clears throat> a couple of years ago nashville yeah, Nashville got hit by like a pretty gnarly tornado. Yeah, I remember. And um, 
like I, I used a scenario was was like imagine your neighborhood gets taken out by a tornado. Um, and and through that, you need to be able to pick up a three hundred pound wall to yeah. save your wife or to save your kids, to get them out of a burning building. For sure. Um, to be able to get to their leg, which has a arterial puncture that you have to be able to stop. And somewhere along that period, you have to be able to take that person 100 yards down the street to get them to the EMT because the EMT cannot, the ambulance can't get through your street because there's a bunch of trees in the way. Yeah. These are, this is not asking someone to perform superhuman abilities. This is asking someone to perform standard human abilities in order to save their loved ones, their neighbors, and to be a asset to society. Sure. And, and one, one of the reasons or one thing I, um, I'm constantly telling people is like, yes, there's a lot of individual benefit to doing physical fitness. And there's even a lot of like uh, small social circle benefits, good for your family. Yeah. But then you become an asset to society and not a liability. Yeah. And, we need more assets because we are in balance with liabilities. Currently we have yeah. an imbalance between those humans from a health and fitness perspective who are liabilities to those around us. In other words, if you're my neighbor and I get stuck in a wall, I'm confident Chris is going to come pick that wall up and be able to save me. Yeah. But if I got a, I've, I've got a arterial puncture in my leg and there's a wall stuck on me and I'm in some crazy position where I can't lift it off myself and my neighbor is in a is not emotionally able to handle this crazy situation is not physically able to then save me then i die and my my kids grow up without a dad yeah um which would have been completely preventable preventable had we just as a society said hey we're gonna hold ourselves to the standards yeah yeah we need we need to raise the bar and so i think that's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier but like why should we why should we be physically fit? Why should we have some standards here in place? Yeah. This is why. Yeah. Because oh, that absolutely. could totally happen to you. Yeah. Ideally, it won't. Sure. But it's a hell of a lot better to be prepared for that to happen and then not happen than the opposite, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that goes back to what we are just talking about with coronavirus. Like, nobody expected any of that. No. In a million years, this will never happen to us, you know? <laughs> Even when it was starting, like, oh, it'll never come to the United States. Right. You know, you know it's, and it's, it does, and it did, and these and it, things happen. And if you look at history, it, the chances of these catastrophic events happening is, is more and more frequent. It's going to happen again and again. And it's, it's, it's that freak accident that are, you know, you can't, again, to what we talked about, where you can control, we can't control these things. Any one of these things could happen at any point in time. Are you prepared? You can't you prepare, prepare for it. Exactly. Are you prepared to do what's necessary? Kind of that. And I think that's where that general physical preparedness comes in is the unknown and the unknowable. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk out that door. I don't know what's going to happen when I get home, when I'm not at home. I can't predict any of those things. But all I can do is be as prepared as possible to step up against anything that's going to come my way, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of it, you know, and that to me is worth training for. I want to train every moment of every day for that moment. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, the, the luck doesn't favor, you know, I forget the saying, but the luck favors the prepared is inevitably what it says, you know, something, something like that. And, and I truly feel for that, you know, you know, and it's, it's a failure to prepare that inevitably takes us out. Yeah. 
I just read the book Anti-Fragile. Mm. Uh, have you read it? I don't think so. It's really good. It's about, because black, um, well, it, his original book was Black Swan, and like Black Swan That's are like one once in a of, lifetime yeah. events. Coronavirus was one. The yeah. financial collapse of two thousand eight was one. He yeah. basically predicted it. He's um, he was a financial. He's not a financial analyst, but he was in the financial realm. Yeah, uh, but he talks about um, basically the difference between being fragile. Or anti-fragile, and across like all these different realms, financially, um, physically, and me- and mentally, socially, all all this, all this stuff, and it's um, it's basically he's saying like we as humans are kind of go like I just never expected that to happen, and it's like why? That's your fault. Have you looked <laughs> back through history? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of these like crazy. Now you may not have expected that exact thing to happen, but sure. you, but you should expect that at some point something unexpected is going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you it, know that, that is the only that the only thing that we know for certain is that that yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, we don't <laughs> yeah. know what it is, but it's going to happen. Yeah, you know? at some point it's going to happen. Yeah, so yeah, be ready. Yeah, be ready. It's your um, choice. All right, what about pulling, like Ooh. vertical pulling? Yeah, I saw random. I was looking up random feats of strength last night, and uh, I think some guy got, I think it was fourteen pull ups with a hundred pound pack, Gosh. is the Guinness record, you know, which is just mind blowing. Um, but I think like, I don't know as far as I think that's a again a volume number, um, which isn't terribly high. I, I would say you know maybe like a five five strict pull-ups yeah you know would be a good measure of you should be able to pull your body weight up five times you know onto an object maybe you know pull yourself up you know yeah. so a strict pull-up would transfer to so many of those things yeah and kind of pairs with the push-up so i'd say i'd say five you know yeah. that may be low but you know given I'm, i feel like i'm you know i'm a bigger guy it took me a long time to get pull-ups so i'm like five's a lot you know so i'm like all right five five feels like a lot but yeah. I, I don't know what do you think yeah i think I think if you're going to kind of have like a range of standards, it would be yeah. like one, one, a single pull up for sure. At any age of any sex, of yep. any size, you should be able to do one pull up. One pull up. If, if you can't do that, then it becomes like, what's the cause? Is it, I do not have enough vertical pulling strength or is that my weight to strength high. ratio is, is, is off. My weight is too high Yeah, and I need yeah. to get my weight down so I can be able to do that. And that, yeah. that's kind of like the, the function of it. But yeah, at any age, you should be able to do a pull-up. A pull-up. from a dead hang, chin over the bar. Yeah. Um, ideally, you would be able to do volume of that. Yep. You know? Um, I, again, as far as that, that standard's going to be, if you're 150 versus yeah. 250, yeah. those are different. I, I think know? it's like a percent. It's definitely kind of like we talked about with the drag. I think it's going to have to matter as far as like maybe a percentage of body weight equals the number. You know, I think there's a whole range of, of like you said, that we need to that we would have to kind of take into uh, account, but definitely the one and then more volume for sure. Yeah. Again, like we don't the want to younger stop you there. are, the lighter you are, 100%. the more you should, the be, more able you should be able to do. Yeah. yeah. Without question. But uh, again, I like the, any age, any age, any age, a pull up. I love that. I love it. Yeah. And, and I think uh, one thing too, that I think a lot of people don't think about when they think about strength is joints. Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge piece of the, 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 the puzzle that, that 
you lose when you stop moving through a full range of motion. Yeah. So a full pull up, a full push up, a full squat. You know, I know in it's it's more popular in the East, but um, in uh, like assisted living or retirement homes, as people get older, they take away the bed frames and mm-hmm. they put them on the floor. So they're required to start and end the day in the squat to be able to get out of there. So they just spend more time there. Yeah, they're like, and, yeah. you need to be able to get up, up off, the, off floor. the floor. So we're going to make sure you get up and down yeah. on the floor and every they, day. And they started early That's where it's, it's like you started at like 50, 60 years old. And it's like, okay, like you build the strength to be able to do that if you're not already there, hopefully. Mm. you know. And then that way when it does happen, like, okay, I've been doing these squats, getting up and down at least twice every day yeah. for the past 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can get up off the ground. You know, that's huge, yeah, yeah. you know, but that full range of motion, the joint health for something like that is critical. And I think that carries over even into the pull up. A thousand percent. Yeah. I think the, um, maybe people sometimes aren't aware that the body basically just adapts to whatever stimulus you're placing upon it. So if you're, if you're not going through full ranges of motion, your body will just adapt to be in the ranges of motion that you're going through. Yeah. Um, and your body's not going to, and the thing is for, for so many people, they'll be like, I'm inflexible, but a lot of times we could passively take you through the, the full range of motion. That's what's so bizarre. Yeah. You have the joint range of motion. Yep. What actually is occurring is you do not have the stability. You not, do not have the joint strength to stabilize that joint through the full range of motion. So your body just shuts it off and goes, nope. we're not going to let you do this. Yeah. You're, you're flexible enough. Yeah. You're just weak. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you don't have strength in those ranges of motion. Yeah. How do we get that? Yeah. And that's, I think, go through them. And I think that's what most people don't get either is they're like, Oh, I want to be more flexible. And they don't realize how much a component of, of, being flexible is strength. Yeah. Strength is flexibility. The body, body will release more range when it's a safe range. And yeah. if it can't, and it's all about symmetry and balance. And if it doesn't have balance about that joint, it's going to shut it down yes. until nope. it can go around that joint successfully. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's job is to keep you functioning and being able to feed yourself and use the restroom. Like that's 100% its job. Yeah. And if it's not balanced out, that flexibility is not going to be there, you know? So to your point, if we don't surround ourselves and train constantly in full ranges of motion, the majority of the time, your body's going to default to that. Okay, well, we can shorten the hip flexor. We can shorten the hamstring. We can shorten this. We can shorten that. We can curve the posture over because it's trying to just save energy. It's all it's trying to do. It's like, oh, cool. You're going to give me this chair. I'm going to shorten your hip flexor. (laughs) Awesome. You know, it's going to do that, you know, so it's so important to take it through that full range and then to expand that range to increase that flexibility. I think, uh, my wife's going to be really disappointed when like she comes home and the bed frame's gone and it's just a, a yeah. mattress in a box. Jen, ring I'm, on the- I'm really sorry for what I've done. Uh, I know we're supposed to be on the same team here, but uh, like, stop <laughs> hanging out with Chris Hoppy. <laughs> it's good. It, it, D, D feels the same way when I get dragged off and she's like, what are you going to do with David? Like, don't worry about it. I'll see you in a while. I'll see you about four or five hours. <laughs> yeah, It's one of those. Uh, yeah. When I read comfort crisis, I was like, we don't need AC. We got you gotta start turning this thing <laughs> Jen, up. She's like, Jed said, like she she caught it. And it was like eighty upstairs, and the boys couldn't sleep. And I was like, that's prices. That's prices. <laughs> but I was like, I turned it up one degree every three days. They've adapted. They've adapted. They're, okay. they're, they're fine. It's like living in the Serengeti. But I was like, stop putting them in the daggum like 
wool the clothes, yeah, the wool pajamas. Like let them sleep up there naked. They'd be all right. It's amazing <laughs> when you stop when you start like exploring that, and you really start to see the reason we do a lot of the things we do is because of the other things that we do yeah, for yeah. no reason. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you kind of follow it back, and you're like, you trace the step. You're like, well, if it wasn't like twelve degrees, I wouldn't need. And, and, you know, if, if I didn't sleep with it that cold, I wouldn't need that many clothes and that blanket and yeah. this and that. And you're like, whoa, man, like I've created this like comfort yeah, nest. Yeah. Like no wonder it's essential, you know, <laughs> that I do all of these things. Yeah, and it's yeah. reality. It's like, hey, you should probably just turn the thermostat up a little bit. You'll be all right. <laughs> you know, turn the thermostats up, take your clothes off. Yep. Sleep underneath the fan. Yeah, you'll, you'll, be, be, you'll be good. You'll make it. We'll be all right. I, th- I feel like the fan is acceptable because ideally you would have some, some, breeze cross breeze airflow at night yeah, as I, the, I can agree yeah, I, so. I i can concede and give and put the fan <laughs> in the acceptable range this is also coming from a guy who sleeps in a very comfortable like 60 degree <laughs> bed like i have a chili pad yeah, that keeps it cold you know I, i'm that guy so take it for, take it for what it's worth i may need that yeah oh it's a lot um so we were talking funny thing about like talking about strengthening and range of motion, it was like in powerlifting, a lot of our goals were to shorten the range of motion as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I guess there's, that's kind of a talk about like the trade-off between like maximizing strength um, at the cost of what? Sure. And so a lot of our, a lot of our setups were, were designed to create maximum stability, shortest ranges of motion. So you can move maximum weight. Well, what was the trade-off of that? Is your body adapted to that and you got really freaking inflexible? Sure. And um, funny thing was like when I was powerlifting, I tore uh, my labrum and I tore my rotator cuff, and then I had like constant knee pain. And I would be like, I go to the doctor, and I'm like, man, can y'all like X-ray this thing or MRI? Tell me what's going on with my freaking knee. All right, everything looks fine. You know, I, yeah. I get tissue worked on on it. Da 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 da. And then literally, I just stopped squatting crazy heavy all the time yeah. and it just mobilized my ankles and my knee joint and like stretch out my hip flexors. I'm like, Oh, now I don't have any knee pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it's just <laughs> like my, it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't have knee problems. No, I just had mobility problems. Yeah. Yeah. There's an imbalance there. Your body, but a lot of people don't like, we don't think about pain as a red flag. Like it's just a, it, the, the pain is the body's way of, of communicating with you of like, Hey, something's wrong, yeah. not something's wrong with the knee necessarily. Yeah. Now there are situations where it is 100%. Yeah. Sure. This is not an absolutist statement. Yeah. It's more of, man, there's something wrong with stuff around the knee. The yeah. joint is usually fine. It's something upstream or downstream yep. that's pulling the joint out of whack to where it can't operate. And your body's trying to let you know that. It's not saying don't move, yeah. but that's everybody's first instinct is, oh, I feel pain. Don't do anything. Yeah. No, that's your body saying you got to do something different. Yeah. Like we got to change this thing, man. You know, and, and whatever that may be, that's where training comes in. It's like, oh, maybe more of this, less of this. Yeah. Change this, do that. You know, that's what's cool about it. Yeah, I think that's like, Going back, what would I have done differently during my powerlifting career? Every single thing that we did was only purpose was to build strength. But there wasn't a whole lot done to, like, uh, focus on longevity in the sport. 
Sure. And I think that's why so many, I mean, what I, I think the average is like, you're probably going to be a competitive lifter for like three to five years. And the most likely scenario is you'll just quit lift, exercising totally after that. Yeah. Is what I've seen. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is tragic. <laughs> Which is super tragic. Yeah. Right. Because these guys are, you know, I mean, yeah, it's really sports specific and they may have decreased range of motion, but I mean, they're still tremendous athletes. And to go yeah. from that, I mean, that specialized in that, you know, ability to produce that much force and overcome that much resistance. I mean, that's a shame to not be able to round that off a bit and say, Hey, can we just increase some range of motion? Now you still get to practice your sport, you know, things like that. Like, well, yeah, yeah. If you're like, I love the sport and just yeah. quite frankly, I don't want to do anything other than this. Cool. But well, we should probably spend some time figuring out how we're going to do this sport for 10, 20, 30 years. Exactly. Yeah. Versus going like, I want to be as strong as I possibly can in the shortest period of time. It's like, there's some sacrifices that come big time with, with that. Yeah, and that's yeah. uh, like going back and like, it probably would have been better to balance it out. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. No, I, uh, I can totally agree good, with that. Yeah. <laughs> a good bit more than what I a did. A good bit more balance would have done a long, long way. Um, all right. Any other strength standards that you can think of? Man, the only thing that, that comes to my mind for some reason is that stupid plank thing you brought up the other day. The guy did like a nine hour plank or something, which is absolutely insane. Um, but I'm trying to think, cause we got the push up kind of push. Gets a bit I, I of was going to say that, that gets that we got a horizontal push. We've got, we kind of lost the vertical or the horizontal pull and the vertical press. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like the horizontal would be different than the vertical pull? No, like on a, on a if you can do a pull up, you're, you're going to have plenty you're gonna of horizontal, be able to horizontal press. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like even I think overhead, I think is a big one that we need to. Well, maybe not. I think it could be accomplished because I was thinking about range of motion overhead is vital. But with the pull up, yeah. you're kind of hitting the same deal. If you can hit that pull up, it kind of hits several range yeah. of motion and strength pieces. Yeah, if you can maintain your standard of pushing, yeah. like push ups. You're probably going to paired with the pull up. You're going to be able to knock both of those. You're going to have a vertical the range of motion yeah. and whatever strength necessary to, yeah. to do overhead pressing. I would agree. Though you should still train overhead pressing. Oh, I, yeah. Like I think it may not be necessary to set valuable. a s specific standard for that. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I think we could we could hit that with multiple of the other ones. Yeah. I'm trying to think lower body. We got pull. We got squats. We got drag carry. I don't know. That seems I, like I, I feel like those are kind of like those are all the so like let's list them out. Like if we could do what? What do we say? The army standard of ten or of push ups 30. 30 and match that with squats. Thirty. Those two together. Squats. Thirty squats. Thirty push ups. Be able to carry half your body weight a hundred yards. Yep. Be able to drag your body weight. Your body weight. Fifty yards. I say fifty yards. Fifty yards is pretty yep. comparable. Be able to do at least one pull-up at any point in your life, yep. preferably more. Um, and deadlift. Deadlift. Minimum one. One. Ideally one and a one half, and half to two. two. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think if you got a human that could do that from strictly a strength perspective, that's a pretty well-rounded individual at any point in life. Yeah. You know, regardless. You're going to be set situation. up well to be able to take on those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're generally physically pretty prepared in a, for any strength scenario that you're going to come across, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and we could, you could sit there and create some like 
squat standards, some overhead pressing standards. Sure. And go that way down the rabbit hole. Oh, but for sure. If you've got the if you've got the strength necessary to deadlift the appropriate weight yep. and the range of motion to go through the squat, yep. you, you should also be able to squat an appropriate weight. I, th- I think that's the beauty of many of those movements and what we would, I guess, in, in our field consider a functional movement is yeah. that it would transfer to something else. Yeah. You know, it like the squat, the, the, uh, the strength built from the resistance of the deadlift will also build the squat yeah. the range of motion. In the squat will affect the deadlift and, and, and same thing with the push up and the pull up. Like we talked about earlier is, is that's why I think like, what makes a good test is that it doesn't just test one thing. Yeah. You know, it tests many things within that. And obviously you're looking at a specific thing, but we chose it as a test because it has a broad spectrum that it pulls from, yeah. you know, which is why we can have what five or so kind of standards and yeah. cover a, such a wide breadth of, of, of scenarios. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's wrap it up with um, some feats of strength that you have personally witnessed. Oh man. That you're like, I'm like, that have stood out as being like memorable. I would say the, one of the things, and this is when I used to love watching world's strongest man as a kid. It was just like in my mind, just like blew my mind and watching the first time I saw, and this was in person. I got to see some of this stuff when I lived in Colorado. Um, I got to see Brian Shaw lift a, it was like a over 300 pound stone and uh put it up on a you know a, a, a platform that was damn near as tall as i was <laughs> and just and then i got to go over and feel that stone and it was just like unbelievable and it was it, <laughs> like oh my god oh my heavy. god yeah and it was i mean and he's a mountain of a man yeah. obviously so it's you know relative but i think there's something to the sport of strongman that is it kind of is that preparation of push, pull, drag, yeah. you know, end of Carry. day scenario, yeah. you're ready. You know, you yeah. want one of those Vikings on your yeah, side yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think that was the most impressive thing to see that just raw power. Of yeah. There's no handles. There's nothing fancy on it. You know, it's like get this round, heavy object up on this impossibly tall thing with, you know, the, no no assistance whatsoever. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, that's I, that was when I knew I was like, that's raw strength. And yeah. that, was, that was a really cool expression of it. We went to the, uh, I think it was the 2009 or 10 Arnold. Mm. And um, my buddy and I were going to go see the uh, Pro Strongman event. It was on like the main stage um, in the, the not the, uh, not the night show, whatever the, the yeah, whatever the, the, I know what you're talking about. Where all the vendors are. The, yeah, yeah, Vendor Village. Yeah, and so we got there like 30 minutes early and actually ended up getting like these VIP seats. It was awesome. Oh, uh, damn. And uh, so we're like, we're like, okay, we'll just go back here and kind of watch them warm up. And I remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone had 135 and they did like 10 deadlifts, 10 bent rows, 10 hang cleans, 10 push press, and then put 225 on and did the same thing. And like as their warm up, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> I was like, That's "Holy amazing. crap!" Like it basically made it look like it was a barbell. Wow! Just ten, two twenty five, so crazy. Ten deadlifts, ten um, bent rows, ten cleans, and ten overhead press. That's incredible. just like might as well have been an empty barbell. It's like, That's insane. Golly. I can't even fathom that level of strength. Like <laughs> yeah. it just it just blows my mind. Like, what do you even do with that? You just like 
you just watch in awe. You're like, man, that's that's impressive. Yeah, super impressive. Um, there's another good, like two that come to mind was we had a dude bench 900 pounds at a uh, in his shirt, but yeah. at a um, at a meet we did. Yeah, and 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 I was spot like one of the spotters, and I just remember being like, holy crap, there is not any bar left on this collar like there's no there's yeah, no collar left no yeah. there was plates and then or, or sorry there's plate the uh, plates then the collar yeah and that there's and no, there no more bar no more bar and just being like with 45s how or do whatever you, 50 kilos whatever the hell it yeah, was, yeah, but yeah like or 25 kilos whatever the hell it was just being like holy crap this is scary to spot this because there's nothing to like we're all what just do you like, yeah i was gonna say what do you grab just have our hands underneath the plates and Good just God. yeah he uh he just hoped he touched and pressed 900, just being like, I mean, the fact that someone can put 900 pounds in their arms is and just not just collapse snap them, them. snap them. It's yeah. just crazy. Uh, there was another uh, another one that sticks out was at LSU. We ha- have you ever heard of inch dumbbell? Yes. It's like a one and a half yep. pound, 108, or one and a half inch, like 180 pound solid dumbbell. Yeah. And uh, we had this thing that just sat, uh, this little grip section that just sat there, and, like, no one ever picked it up. Every other Friday, like, the strength coach would, like, go chalk up and, like, slap each other. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah. We'd all try to pick it up, but, like, none of us could ever pick the dang thing up. Yeah. And then just one day after doing, like, running, (laughs) everyone came in, and I can't remember the dude's name, but he was was, um, a sophomore at the time, a D-tackle, and someone being, like, Whatever his name was. Hey, you think you picked that up? He like just bent like no prep, no chalk, bends down, picks it up, kind of looks at his hand, puts it back down, goes, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are just it's just freaks, man. There's like every street coach in there couldn't budge it off the ground. But and this guy just picks it up. He just yeah. like no chalk, picked it up, yeah. kind of looked like looked at it like that, and just put it back down. I was like, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> that's insane. And that the, the LSU made me think of um Adrian Peterson, mm. and he went to, he played high school ball by where my cousins live in Texas. Ah, okay. And so I knew of him when he was like in high school, he's like a blue chip. And then, so I kind of followed his career. And then I think, I can't remember if it was when he was at Oklahoma or whenever he just started his pro career, but there was a video and I guess this is more power, but I think yeah. it was still fil- filter into what we're looking for. And it was, he did a, I think it was like a 42 inch box jump, something ridiculous with like 80 pound dumbbells in each hand. It was something that I was just like, I, like I couldn't do either. Like one, I couldn't like hold an 80 pound dumbbell and do anything else. Two, I couldn't jump that high without an 80 pound dumbbell. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it really put in perspective the elitism of like that type of player and the power, like the guy that you heard pick up the dumbbell. Like I couldn't imagine playing, lining up again on the other side of a human like that. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Going to LSU is a very big, like eye opener of like, this is why you're not in the NFL. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Because I went, I went right out of college. So, like, I graduated college and then went and coached LSU. Yeah. And was like, oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> there was a dude named Herman Johnson who was, like, 6'6". On the, and on the first day I was there, he weighed in at 407. Like, what? He, he literally sounded like the Jolly Green oh, Giant. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and you'd hear him go boom, 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 walking. And then, like, the first day of running drills, they 
they were like, coaches on the corners. And this was not explained to anyone or any of the new people on staff how this worked at all. They said, coaches on the corners. And and they're like, you you don't don't let anyone go inside of you. You're like, okay. Like, so it's like just two-lap warm-up. I got you. Around the corners. Okay, around the football field. Yeah. Yeah. And it's your job to stand in on the corner and make sure they go on the outside of you. Ah, uh, okay. So cut, cut in the yeah, corners. Yeah, yeah, What they don't tell you is every single dude is going to check you, shoulder check you, and try and <laughs> knock you off, <laughs> knock you off the uh, the corner. The corner. That's awesome. So like I just kind of just standing there, not prepared at all, and then someone just doom. We're like, what the crap? And um, so I was like, I know, because like twenty or whatever and yeah like, i was like all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's I go all psyched out again i yeah. giving it back to him and then like he literally came up and put his hand on my chest and just like threw me 10 yards <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, well, you can't even well, and i was do? like well, fuck it, I'm like out. all right cool i'm out <laughs> i was like i'm out you'll take the corner i don't yeah, care have at it this is your corner buddy yeah it's <laughs> like i'm not I, no you that. could eat me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's I, awesome. I, I remember just being like i was like he put his hand on my chest i was like well that's my entire chest yeah, <laughs> and it's, just it's done it's done there's nothing you can do yeah he threw that's me. awesome no that was another that was a fun feat of strength performed on me yeah, I truly experienced I, it. I can I can say I've experienced. I wouldn't say something that similar, but uh, a buddy I played high school football with ended up playing center for uh, Alabama. Ah, and he was a D tackle at the time, and I was an offensive lineman. Dude, our our things just continue. It's similar. Yeah, way too. So you started telling that story. I was like, oh shoot, I I do have something very similar. I, I have a. Do you, I played with that played center at Alabama. No joke, dude. <laughs> Probably legit. the dude who played. I was right going to say him. chances are pretty good. It's right after, right after JB. Um, but yeah, he was. I mean, he was a tank. He was like six six, three hundred pounds in high school, yeah. and I had to line up against him all the time. And it, my coach would get so pissed. He was like, "Attack him! You got to attack him!" I'm like, "If I attack him, he is going to eat me." And you know, and I'm a fairly large human being at that point. And he just, I mean, he just, he came across and he took his left arm and did like a swat and swim and he didn't even have to swim. You know, I came out and just bonk and just I just, I literally just fell over, you know, and I was 260 pounds at the time. I was, I was super strong and literally just fell over. Like yeah. I was like, I was a uh, empty garbage can. And at that point I was like, all right, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like, I made it. It's <laughs> the, uh, there was a dude at LSU or at uh, Delta State uh, before I got there, and he ended up playing um, for a decent amount of time in the league as a nose guard for the Jaguars and for oh, the nice. Texans. Um, his name is Milkman, but I can't, I can't even think what his, <laughs> his real name. What his real name? It had a name like Milkman. But I remember hearing stories of just like him being just a terror to the scout team O line because. All the guys who were seniors my freshman year were yeah. freshmen when he was a oh, senior. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so they were telling these stories. They're just like, there's nothing worse than your coach like yelling at you and getting on to you to like give it a hundred percent. And then you you line up against this guy who could kill you. Yeah. And it's like, if you go a hundred percent, I will kill you. Yes. And you're like, oh, what do you, who do you disappoint? <laughs> yeah. you know, who do you disappoint? What do you value more? Do you value your life or getting yelled at by the coach? Like, yeah. like <laughs> I remember like, I remember there was a story that he, that the, the, uh, the center at the time coach like that, you know, Hey, but you gotta get after him now. Yeah. Give him a good look. Yep. And he just picked him up, ran him 10 yards back, dropped him on the ground and then broke his face mask off. <laughs> 
Like, like, what do you do? You just got up like when the coach was like, uh, 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 like, <laughs> I, like, you told me to do this. You did this. Yeah, in this front of my eyes. Like, come on. What do you want me to do here? Help, help me out here. You see this. Ruthless. Amazing story. Just ruthless. So. Yeah. It's just like, what do you do? Like, all right, this is, this is a man child here is yeah. somehow my age. Yeah. Like, no. Like, <laughs> no. It's insane. Yeah, and that's a good, um, that's a good way of showing like, the standards we're setting for strength are not no superhuman. No, by no means. I've no. seen I've seen superhuman. I've seen strength. superhuman. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is not <laughs> it. Not this is human. basic human. Yeah, this, this is, is basic human. Let's raise our bar here. Yeah, yeah. This is you don't have to break face masks with your bare hands. No, no. You don't I, have to bench at nine hundred pounds. Yeah, my my dad had a roommate in college. He played football at Temple. Um, that could bend a quarter and a half with his fingers. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, that's superhuman <laughs> stuff. Like, picking up the dumbbell, ripping the face back, bending a quarter yeah, and a yeah. half with your fingers. That stuff, I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah. That's I don't, not the standard. I don't expect that standard from you. No. There are some people who are born to have bodies... Yes. ...of a different gene. 100%. Yes. There, <laughs> yeah. there is almost a, a different something, species. Something <laughs> happened somewhere. It's a Spider-Man thing. You know, it, it's totally different human beings. If you haven't run into one, it's a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's not what we're saying. I'm not saying that. It's just basic human ability. Need, we got we to level it up a little bit. Yeah. Expect more from yourself. Boom. You know, you can do more. Do it. You know, hold it. yourself to a higher standard. Love it. That's a great way to end it. Done. All right, brother. Good stuff. MBS Fitness Radio, out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.